Hey guys, I'm Angela Blair and welcome to All Strings Attached. We've got some incredible interviews for 2022 and this conversation is the perfect way to kick off the year. I am really excited for today's episode because I think it's time for some real girl talk. I've got the perfect person for just that, Janine Amapola. The job description of content creator has become more and more normal today, but 10 years ago, if someone said, hey, I'm a content creator, people would probably have looked at you weird because that just really wasn't a thing. But Janine was way ahead of the curve. Starting her YouTube channel at age 16 and growing it while in college, the last 10 years, she's built an online community giving advice on everything from cheerleading tips to faith. Now, most people see having this huge following and being a famous blogger as the perfect world filled with free lip gloss and workout clothes. But after living in LA and now being in Dallas as a major influencer, I want to explore her experiences that have put her identity, faith, and relationships to the test. With most of us listening, we're probably on some sort of social media platform. So this conversation is definitely relevant to you. Get ready for a real and raw conversation diving into matters of the heart with my amazing guest today. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All Strings Attached. On today's show, I am so excited to have my friend and fellow Texan, Janine Amapola on. Janine is a YouTuber whose authentic and positive content has captivated over 2 million subscribers. So whether you're searching for advice on beauty, dating, or faith, Janine's content will be sure to help you on your journey of becoming a happier and healthier human being. Who doesn't want that? Janine, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Welcome to All Strings Attached. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, I was super stoked and you are a friend of my friends. Your brothers are my friends. So it was an honor to do this and excited to get into this conversation. Yes. So it had to be over at least two years ago. My brother, Chris, specifically started bringing up my friend, Janine, like you've got to meet her. She's incredible. And I just started (laughs) hearing about you and we finally got to meet last year. And it's just been so much fun to just see your journey and how God is just really working through you and your life. You've had a lot of changes, which I definitely want to talk about. And It's interesting because you started in the YouTube space a while ago, right? Like when did you kind of start in the YouTube space and how did you get your start there? I started 11 years ago, like when I was 16 years old and I'm 27 now. So I have literally grown up on the internet. I started when YouTube was maybe two years old. Like it wasn't even really a thing. It was maybe like two or three years old. And I just kind of was like, you know what? I love making videos. I'm just going to do this. I was making like cheerleading videos in fashion and my life and all these things. And then all of a sudden they just started gaining traction. And I was like, what is going on? And people were like, make a video about this, make a video about that. And then I went to the university of Texas. So hook them horns. Yes. Yes. She gets it. And while I was there, my channel blew up and my junior year was when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this full time. And so it has definitely gone through so many different seasons, changes. I mean, I didn't start off doing 
faith-related content. And now I'm, I do a lot of faith-related content. I have a podcast now. I have a organization called the Abide Tribe for women to find, you know, community and to grow in the relationship with the Lord. And I just really want to overall help people be happy and healthy, which is the name of my podcast. Love it. And I actually listened to one of your episodes. You talked about what that was like as an influencer living in LA and just how that can really impact your mind and identity and all those things. And one thing I love and I've noticed about you is you're very intentional. You think things through your self-awareness. I mean, I'd love for you to share what that was like living in LA because after college, is that when you moved to Los Angeles after UT? Yeah. So after UT, I came back to Dallas for one year and then I just kind of knew there was like a tug in my heart. I was like, I either want to move to New York or LA. And the Lord just so opened a door to move to LA. I felt so much peace about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And I lived there for just a little over three years. And it's honestly pretty crazy. Like, it's definitely not what I expected for the better. That's actually where my relationship with God completely grew and changed. But the first year that I lived here was honestly like very confusing. I was trying to fit in with these YouTubers. I was trying to be this like popular influencer, kind of dressing differently, doing all these different things to kind of try to fit in. And the whole time I just kept realizing, I was like, I don't fit in. Like no one likes me or I don't relate to these people or I would go to events or go to like these YouTube parties. Then I would just be like, I like, I hate this. Like I would always leave feeling like kind of disappointed or kind of like, okay, something is just off. And it's just because I realized I was like, Hey, I'm not supposed to fit in. Like, these are not the people that I want pouring into me and they're not bad people, but they're just not people that as a believer that are going to make you better. And I realized that it wasn't helping me be my best version of myself, helping me, you know, get more fruit in the Lord. And so I just kind of chose to separate myself from influencers, but also people that were kind of, you know, having me be like, come to the parties, come to the bars. So it wasn't even just influencers. Like it's just a really crazy city that if you don't know yourself, if you're not firm in your relationship with God, like you're going to get sucked into a whole different world that is not very good. Yeah. And I, I lived in LA too for a few years. And I remember so many times where I really felt like I had the opportunity to compromise who I was, even in subtle ways. Like I remember there was a party at the Playboy Mansion. It was not related to the Playboy entity. It was actually an NFL event that was just at the Playboy Mansion. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like, what do I do here? Right? Because it wasn't a Playboy party, but still like, there's just so many things that come up that make you be like, ooh, what does this say? As you went on that journey, did you ever feel I need to be bolder in my faith? Or were there times where you were like, okay, I'm just going to kind of stick to the the neutral stuff? What was that like on how vocal you would be? Definitely the first year when I moved there, that's when I was still pretty neutral because I was trying to fit in. I was trying to find my people. I was just trying to really just be like, hey, if I move to LA, I'm going to go big or I'm going to go home. And so I wanted to hang out with, you know, all the YouTubers I grew up with or just people I knew. And so I did see myself compromising quite a bit. And even though I always knew in the back of my mind what was real, what was true, what was right, I would always kind of be like, "Eh, it's not that big of a deal. And so I found myself slipping very easily. And that's just kind of the way the world works. That's the way LA works. Until I finally started dating this one person in LA. And also I had a mentor in a Bible study. And those are the people that started calling me out and started calling me higher. And 
really helping me be like, Hey, no, that's not right. That's not biblical. Or are you going to keep compromising there? Are you going to keep having one foot there and one foot in the world, one foot with God? I think if I didn't have people really calling me higher, I wouldn't be where I am. And so I really think that the second year that I lived there, the second and third years when my life significantly changed. And that's when I was like, you know what? No, like I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I changed my playmates, my playgrounds and just who I was surrounding myself with. And it literally changed absolutely everything. And my content started to shift and the peace in my life, like all the decisions I was making, how I viewed myself all changed. And I'm so thankful for it because I really do feel like I lived a more fruitful life after changing that. That's so beautiful. And it's so cool to see just where you are now, because now you're back in Texas. Yep. I was gone for a while too. We all end up back here somehow. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> How are you loving Dallas? What is life like now? I absolutely love it. I mean, I really thought I was going to regret moving when I was living in LA. I don't know if you felt this way, but like, if you move back, you think it's like, oh, like this is taking steps backwards. Cause you feel yeah. like, oh, like I'm returning to my hometown and like everyone does the routine there. And so I was really scared that that's how it would appear. But in some senses, I'm so, so glad. Like I live with my roommate, Maddie. We do love so well together. My faith is deep into here again. I've learned so many new things about myself. Dating here is 20 billion times better. I just have much more of a clear vision of what I want to do here. I feel like, and you probably get this as well within LA, it is so distracting. There is literally endless amounts of things you could do. So I was very distracted, which is what my agent told me. He was like, if you're going to move to LA, you're going to be really focused because you're going to be pulled in 10 different directions here. I feel like it's very like clear and focused and I love having my own home. I love being near my parents and all my friends and my church. And so honestly, I have absolutely loved living here and there's more opportunities for me here because there's less influencers here as well. That's awesome. You know, speaking of influencers and just social media, which you obviously crush, you know, when it comes to Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, it's very interesting when you study the reports and how they're really able to see the impact on mental health. And I know that's something you've talked about in the past. It's almost this pressure to feel like you need to constantly put out content. What are your thoughts on just the mental aspect of life through social media? Yeah, I think I can speak <laughs> pretty well to this because I have been doing this for over 10 years and I don't think I've ever really genuinely taken a break, like probably more than two weeks or even like a month. Like I've never just gotten off. And so that's actually something I'm trying to do in the next month in January is I want to just take January off at least two weeks in January to really be present, to refocus or shift, work on some projects while I'm off. So I don't have to constantly feel like I'm in the hamster wheel, because I will say that is something that being an influencer is you feel like you're a slave to it sometimes because there's no cap. Like you could be forever creating more TikToks, more reels, more posts, more giveaways, more videos, more content. There's no cap to it. Like absolutely ever, unless you like just blatantly run out of ideas. And so for me, I have so many things I want to do. And I also love my job. And so I'm like, Ooh, I want to do this video. I want to do this podcast. I want to do this. And if you're not careful, you will literally kill yourself. Try to make people happy. You'll kill yourself and your mental health and your spirituality and your just your overall happiness because you're just grinding 24 seven. And if you don't have those self-awareness checks or people being like, Hey, have you taken a break? Hey, when was the last time you went away? How was your walk with Jesus? When was the last time you Sabbath? 
you look back and be like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. And next thing you know, you're more anxious or you're unhappy or you've lost your intimacy with the Lord because you've been in this hamster wheel for so long. And so I really try to be intentional now about weekends. Like I'll post just kind of for fun, but I don't work. I really try to get off on Sundays. I just think it's so, so crucial because otherwise your mental health will suffer. You're right. There is no cap. The algorithm favors more content, right? And these reels and TikToks. And I'm like, I don't have the time to do this. Or maybe you don't. As girls, like, I'm sorry. Guys have it so much easier. They don't have to do their hair and makeup. Like, we got to get ready. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have a little chat with God up in heaven. I'm going to be like, all right, we have the babies. We get a cycle each (laughs) month. What is the deal? Like, we just, it's a whole different ball game. But one video that you did that I really appreciated, and I think that this needs to be talked about much more, is as women, right? And as women of faith, how we present ourselves on social media. Not that we need to be holier than thou with every post, but I think modesty is a really important thing in, you know, just how we set the bar as women for how we're treated professionally, dating, all that. And I think this trap of posting the bikini shots and all that. I mean, I really know that we're all worth so much more than that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts though on when it comes to content and how women, where are we getting our value? Yeah, that's something I used to struggle with as well, because especially when you live at, live out in LA, you see what works. If you, you see the girls that post bikini pictures showing really a lot of skin, the booty pics, all those things like they get more engagement, they get more follows, they get more comments. And so it's super easy to fall into the trap of like, okay, well that works for them. So maybe that'll work for me. And I remember my first year again of living out in LA, I was so just desperate to be liked. I remember I started posting more bikini photos and even though I would not do it super sexy or I wouldn't be like squeezing my boobs or showing my butt cheeks, I was still posing in a certain way and like making this like serious, sexy face. And if I look back at it now, like all those photos are gone. They are full on deleted. If I look back at it now, it was like, I definitely wanted some man to approve me or like me or be like, you're so hot or to get more attention. And so if I look at the heart of it and the actual motive, it was not right. And so I definitely am someone that's going to just always preach modesty. And I'm not trying to do it from a way of like, if you're immodest that you can't be, you know, worthy or a man can't respect you or anything like that. Like I still think someone can, but for me, it's like, I don't want the whole world. I don't want everyone to look at my body like that. I want to save that for my future husband and him be the only one that gets to see that. And I just, I just personally want to respect myself and keep that to myself and honor God with my body. And it was definitely a struggle, but I don't know. I just don't even really have any desire to even be like, I want to show my butt cheeks. I want to squeeze my boobs. I want to wear this super revealing outfit. Like I'm not even like comfortable doing that. Like, it's not that I'm ashamed of my body. I just don't even feel comfortable. Like I'm like, why would I really want to show that? And so I'm not here to shame anyone that does that, but I would ask people to just reconsider, Hey, what are your motives behind that? Why are you doing it? And what does God say about that? And just thinking about how I really do want to just save that for my husband down the road. Yeah. Well, I'm all about that. And my husband's mom actually said, she goes, I, you know, cause she's got some of her friends, daughters or they, all the moms were talking and she was like, 
you know, if you present yourself that way, but you're really not like that, like you're presenting yourself in a very sexual way, that's like decorating your house for Halloween. And then the kids come up to the door and they say trick or treat. And you're like, oh, we don't do that here. So it was an interesting analogy because men are so visual. They really are. They're just wired different than women. So we may think, oh, I just look cute and this and whatever. But it really is such a different impact on a man with their brain and their hormones and how they're wired. So I do agree with you, ladies. I think it's important that we check ourselves and, you know, our motives and where is this really going? Like, who is this content serving and why are we posting this? Totally. So I love that. But speaking of your future husband, this is a show on dating, love, relationships. And I don't know your relationship status right now, but if you're comfortable sharing it, are you single? (laughs) Are you dating? What's your status? Um, Yeah. I mean, I haven't like publicly announced it, but I am dating someone. I have, I do have a boyfriend and I'm preferring to keep it very just off the radar and I've just had two public breakups. And so I'm like, I, I'm not doing that again until I like know that we're doing this and we're getting married. Like I plan to keep them completely off. And so I'm not even sharing like really any details, but I am dating an amazing, amazing man of God. And I feel extremely thankful for him. That's incredible. So happy for you. You know, as far as dating goes as a Christian woman, like I know with a lot of girls I've talked to, dating is tough no matter where you live. It is better in in Texas for sure. But still, you know, the pressures of being physical and when should that enter a relationship, I think can feel really confusing. A lot of people in the church even live together more now before marriage out of ease or there's just so many different ways we can justify things. In your mind, what are kind of the boundaries or goals that you set for just how you want to date and be intentional before marriage? Yeah, absolutely. And this is such a good conversation to have because it's something that you need to already know for yourself beforehand, before you get into relationship, what are my boundaries? What is the the line I will not cross? And you also want to hear their boundaries. You want to know, okay, what is this person willing to do and not to do? Because you want to make sure those align. Cause I do believe if someone wants to go further than you do, then you're going to end up going further than you want to, unless this is someone that really respects you. And it's like, Nope, we're not doing that. And y'all have the same goal and it's a clear goal. And other people know the goal as well. Like I have two people keep me accountable. He has two people that keep him accountable. And so we tell people, Hey, this is what we did. This is what we're, where we're at. These are our boundaries. And I think it's just very, very important. And so for me, you know, my boundary is, Hey, we are not doing anything past kissing. Absolutely not. And that was his goal as well. And so we've been very good at that because we're a team and we're able to be like, this is our goal. How are we going to get there? And sure, it's going to be kind of hard sometimes. I'm sure you get it. You waited till marriage as well with your now spouse. And it's hard because you like the person you're attracted. And so you're going to want to kind of test the line or test the boundaries. But overall, it's always going back to being like, does this honor God? you know, are we going to lie in the same bed together? No. Are we going to lie down together in this bed? No. Are we going to be kissing past 12 o'clock? No. Like you make very clear boundaries so that you don't keep, you know, going over those. And if for some reason you cross it, then you redraw another boundary and be like, okay, we, we didn't know that was a boundary we needed to add. And now we're going to add that again. And we're going to make sure we don't get there again. And again, it really does take two willing people because if there's not two willing people, you're most likely going to fall. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that. I remember one date I went on, the guy was like, so, you know, like, by when do you want to hook? Basically asking me how soon would I sleep with him? And I was like, oh, no, I'm waiting for marriage. The guy literally gets up, left the date, just like peaced out. And I, I couldn't believe his reaction. And so I also think it's a great filter just for why are people there in a relationship, you know, because the physical part can be just a distraction. But for someone that say they're not in the church world and they're listening right now, maybe they don't want to wait or haven't or think it's silly. Why do you think it is important to operate in that way and put up boundaries? Yeah, I think sometimes in the world, they're just teaching us that it's like, okay, like, oh, just do whatever you want. Just hook up. It's fun. It's easy. And I don't think people really want to admit the impacts that it actually makes. I mean, you create this attachment or you create a soul tie, or you start becoming numb to intimacy, or you start training for a variety where, you know, you go to one person, you're like, that wasn't good enough for me. And it becomes very selfish. It's all about you and all about your pleasure. And you're like, that person didn't satisfy me. Okay. Next on to the next. And you start just training yourself for this lack of intimacy and a lack of really just dying to self and being like, how can I serve this person? It's not just about me. It's not just about what can I get? How can I just use this person? And so I don't think people really want to admit just the impacts that physical intimacy makes with somebody. And I've been there. I've done that. Like I didn't wait till marriage. Like I'm not a virgin and I wish I waited so, so, so badly because I saw how that affected me when I ran away from God's plan. When I ran away from what God's design was, it hurt me more in the end. It made me more confused, more attached, more used, more sad. And I just was like super disappointed in myself. And then I just felt like this person just used me and didn't really genuinely value it and care. And I just think it's something to be valued, something to be cherished. And it's literally like one of the most intimate things you can do. I mean, you're literally butt naked with someone letting them enter into <laughs> your body. Yeah. And I think people have so just dumbed it down just to be like, it's not that big of a deal, but I just wish we would revalue sex and the importance of sex and even just everything else, Yeah, you know, including in sex, not just like actual intercourse, all those other things too, because I do think it matters. And there's just, it's important. It's like, there's a reason why God designed it for the safeness in marriage, because it is safe in marriage apart from marriage and outside of marriage, it's not safe. It's not secure. And there's just so much sin and regret and shame and confusion that comes along with that. And that's part of my story. And so I just think people should try to reevaluate whether they should value that or not. But I do think it's something that is very special and should be safe for marriage. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know for me, I've also had relationships that didn't work out and it was extremely painful because my one ex was actually very involved with the church. And I think there was a lot of like you think immediately, oh, they're a Christian too, like they're totally safe. And I had to learn to get to know someone through their actions, right? So when you went through your breakups, if there's a girl listening right now that did go through a breakup and she's just feeling like, forget it, I'm just going to kind of date whoever, like what would you say that healing journey, like what really helped you? Yeah, I would definitely say, I mean, take a step back from dating. Don't rush into something else because I know that as soon as you tend to feel used or you tend to feel like, okay, I'm worthless or this guy already used me. So why does it matter? I've already had sex once. So who gives a flip? 
I'm just going to keep doing this again and again and again, because I've already done it once. So who freaking cares? That's the lie that the enemy wants you to believe that you're worthless now, or you've already done it, or who cares, or it doesn't matter anymore. I really do believe like, it doesn't matter whether you've done it once or multiple times. There's no better time to change than now. Just because you made a mistake yesterday doesn't mean you can't make the right choice today or tomorrow. And so I would just say, hey, take a step back from dating. Don't rush into something else. Get off the dating app. Stop seeking for man's attention. Don't go to the bars or whatever the case may be and work on yourself, whether that's counseling or having your parents help you or your friends help you or just getting some mentor and just have people really refine you and help you. And then process through that with the Lord and process through that with journaling of like, okay, why did I do that? What about this person made me do that? What about, is there a lie that I'm believing about myself that I'm not worthy enough for a man to wait for me or that I don't feel like I'm valuable enough to, you know, save myself or just whatever it is. You have to identify the lie because I know for me, there was a lie that I believe that I, that's why I caved into it. And so definitely I would just say therapy and taking a big break from dating would be really helpful. That's so good. And I know one thing you're also intentional about, I did see one of your posts about, you know, just your quiet time with the Lord and reading your Bible, which I will be honest, like there's some days where my schedule is just so crazy. How do you find time to stay rooted and read the word? Do you carve out a certain hour or how do you do that? I mean, I won't say I'm perfect at it. I think that's one thing that I think a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, she must have an hour in the word every single day. I'm like, (laughs) no, sometimes it's just listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's just worshiping in the morning, but I do try to be very intentional. I make sure that I work out at nine 30, pretty much every day. I wake up at seven 45, eight. I make sure I at least have 15 minutes, 30 minutes of worship journaling and reading a chapter in the Bible. If I have a busy morning or I woke up late, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to at least do that a little bit before bed. And then also I don't beat myself up. I think if I skip a day, you know, that's okay. God's not going to love me any less, but I do want to make sure that I'm at least the next day carving that out. Cause I think a lot of people are really mean on themselves that they're like, oh, I missed a day. I'm a sinner. God must be angry at me. And I'm like, no, he's not angry at you. Just pick yourself up, pick yourself up again the next day and try again. And so whether it's the morning or the night or a podcast or worshiping in the car, I just try to spend at least some time with the Lord at least once a day. Good advice. And yeah, God's not going to strike us with lightning if we miss a day or two of reading. Yeah. Um, So my final question I wanted to ask you, and you gave us so much wisdom on relationships, but I also think just as a bold woman of faith, you know, I don't know if you've struggled with this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts just with the political and culture war, if you will, that we're seeing over the last few years. You know, I think it's really a time where a lot of things are changing and a lot of values of faith are also looked at in a much different light than they were, say, even five, eight years ago. And for people of faith, I know it's been hard to say things in love, but also try to figure out to stand for what's right. And would love just to get your thoughts on being a believer and us not coming off holier than thou judgy, but also obviously we want to base our life on the Bible and what that says. So what do you feel as far as when you look out into the current world right now and like, how do you handle that? How you present content and knowing just all the things going on right now? Honestly, it's so hard, especially with cancel culture and just how mean everyone is and how opinionated It is really scary, especially being a Christian in this day and age is very hard. 
But if I just try to look at the Bible, because that should just be our foundation, our rock with everything, I look and I'm like, okay, like this is predicted. Like God told us that this would happen. And so I'm not surprised. I'm not trying to be taken back. I'm more just like, okay, this means I need to stand firm 20 times more. I need to be rooted in the, the word of God 20 times more. And just know that like, there probably will be a day that I will be canceled. Like I always joke about this to my friends. I'm like, it's like, honestly, any day that I'll be canceled because being a Christian in this world where everything right is wrong and wrong is right. You're it's, it's just to be expected and it's scary, but I'm kind of just like, all right, how can I prep myself now to know that like Instagram and YouTube is not where I get my source of money or my source of hope or joy or life or fulfillment. Like that is God and God alone. And if God is like, Hey, this platform is going to be taken away from you, then so be it. And it's scary to think about that, but that is just the fact of the matter. And, you know, if you just scroll on TikTok and you look at what people are thinking and listening to and what they're doing, like, it is very scary. And I sound like an old parent, like I'm 27 years old and I'm looking (laughs) at these like 14 year olds and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what have we come to? And it is scary, but that's also why I believe that we need to use our voices and our platforms 20 times more. You be a light, you be an example, you be hope to people, you don't shove it down your throat, but you also be truthful and bold. And it just says in, I believe Romans that the kindness of the father leads men to repentance. And so I always just try to be kind to people, but so truthful and just be an example to show them like, Hey, this is why this is right. It's not that I'm trying to tell you what to do. I've just seen this be true and right in my life because I've tasted the world and I've seen it. There's nothing good there. Like there's nothing. And so just to be an example with my own testimony of, I understand where you're coming from, but that is why that left me feeling suicidal and depressed. And here's what God can provide instead. And so just being an example, being a light and being a hope to people on the internet. So good. Well said. Well, if people want to find you and follow you, how can they do that? What's the best way? Which platform? I would say my Instagram. My Instagram is my most used. It's just Janina Mopola, J-E-A-N-I-N-E-A-M-A-P-O-L-A. And then my podcast starts again back up February 1st. That's called Happy and Healthy. I post every Tuesday on there. And then again, my YouTube is Janina Mopola. Pretty much every platform is called Janina Mopola. So just check those out. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us. So thankful and can't wait to see your journey continue. Thank you so much for having me and looking forward to seeing you hopefully soon. So much wisdom dropped there. I know we covered a lot of different bases today boundaries in dating, answering the why for what content you put out into the world how to balance modesty online and why is it important, how faith impacts our everyday lives and how an audience can shape what content is created and produced. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode and what really spoke to you from our conversation. I know for me, balancing culture and what God's word says can feel really tricky at times. So I hope this conversation helped give you clarity on aspects for your life and helpful ways to think about them. I can't wait to continue this journey with you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram on all strings pod and also online sign up for our newsletter with all the good vibes and info from each episode at allstringsattachedpod.com. Thanks for tuning in to All Strings Attached.
All Strings Attached is hosted by me, Angela Blair. The show is executive produced by Soul Shop, and our production coordinator is Spencer Tropper. Special thanks to the folks at City Reach Church and Daniel Rudnai for this awesome recording studio. Follow me at Official A Blair on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and follow the show at All Strings Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok too. Sign up for my newsletter at allstringsattachedpod.com. And if you go all out and send me an email at Angela at allstringspod.com, I may even respond. Don't forget to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts like every other show tells you to do. Until next time, I'm Angela Blair. Angela Blair.